0: Welcome to Homestead Gardening in the Texas Gulf Coast with Kristen Howard. If you live in zone 8-9, to you'll agree with me when I say that growing cool season crops can be difficult here. That's why some crops like garlic and onion should be started at the end of summer and over winter for the best chance of success. I know, I know, garlic is so inexpensive in stores, so why would you devote garden space to this long season crop? because growing your own garlic tastes better than store-bought. Everyone says their homegrown produce tastes better than store-bought produce anyways, but I don't know a lot of people that take a bite into their garlic to really compare. Let me tell you, not only is the taste noticeably better between the two, but the taste of homegrown garlic is sharper because it's actually fresher too. This in my opinion is the real value of homegrown. Yes, the control over the variety and flavor of your food is yours to have, but more importantly, the correct ripeness of your food or the freshness of your food affects the flavor and the vitamin or nutrition content of the food. The reason why the taste of a store bought fruit is not as good as homegrown is usually because the food is picked too early to properly mature. With citrus, you can continue to ripen the food on the counter to solve this problem because the food is technically picked ripe, but just not juicy and nearly overripe, which is what makes citrus taste so good. I actually only buy overripe citrus from the store for this reason, or try to wait as long as possible before picking it off the tree outside. But when it comes to vegetables with seeds inside, which are actually fruit, like summer squash and tomato, and what we consider is actual fruit like bananas, the actual nutrition the food provides, mainly the healthy part of the food like vitamin content, isn't fully realized with early picking. Yes, you'll get the fiber, sugar, or starch the fruit provides, but you will have a reduction in vitamin content and flavor that you may or may not have the talent to taste for yourself. At this point, you'll probably just have to take my word for it because who has the money to test all of their food for nutrition? But if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you'd agree I'm on the right track. I find the most value in growing the additions, the enhancers to my main food, garlic, onion, and herbs. Every year, I try to grow a year's worth of garlic and onion, and every year, despite my best efforts, I grow a small fraction of what I think I really need. However, even that small fraction makes a difference. Additionally, since I mentioned earlier how much stronger the taste of my garlic is compared to store-bought, my visual interpretation of my harvest may not accurately depict what I really need. It's likely I can use half or less of my usual store-bought garlic in recipes this year because of that strong taste. In the meantime, let's talk about how to grow garlic, because even though I just harvested mine, it's time to start pre-sprouting cloves of garlic so planting can occur as early as September in Texas for a 6-8 to month long growing period. So, to start growing garlic, I recommend always starting from cloves. Grocery store cloves are a perfectly fine way to start, and there's no need to buy more expensive cloves from a seed distributor unless you have a large budget and can make sure the cloves ship to you in time. I've noticed that specialty seed distributors don't cater to the southern climates and tend to ship at a time that works best for the rest of the country or when outdoor temperatures are cooler to make sure the shipment isn't damaged in route. Warmer zones, especially zones 8B, 9A, which is Houston, likely need a shipment a month prior to when it can actually be fulfilled, which is unfortunate. So keep this in mind before you spend those dimes. I like to buy fresher looking grocery store heads of garlic too. Not the kind that comes in bulk bags, which are too old and discounted according to that. Super fresh garlic is also too fresh. And peeled garlic is not preferred because you want to keep that protective dry layer around those garlic cloves. Super old garlic is going to be too shriveled and won't have enough moisture to sit on the counter for pre-sprout. So although I have grown from all of these types or ages of garlic clove, let's be smart and assume that we want our money to count. So buy the best type that you can. Also, buy quite a bit all at once so everything sprouts around the same time and can be harvested at the same time as well to make your life a lot easier. I leave my garlic to sprout on the counter by peeling off the main dry layers around the whole head of garlic, and as I cook with the garlic, eventually I start to run into those sprouts as they come and I save them. They sort of sneak up on you too, so there's no reason to go overboard babying them into sprouting or not cooking at all with any of the cloves. It's likely that not all of the heads are gonna sprout at the same time or not all of the cloves in the head will sprout at the same time. They're probably not even all the same age, even if you purchase all of your heads at the exact same date. Now, after you see a green shoot form here and there, start separating the cloves from the heads. You can start planting some of those cloves indoors if you need to, but you should have at least a week from the cloves sprouting until you really need to plant them outside. Next, the easiest part of this process is planting the cloves. Choose a well-draining raised area, at least six inches raised, and plant the cloves with the sprouted tip up at a depth twice that of the clove itself. Meaning if the not sprouted part of the clove, the white part, is one inch high, then the base of the clove will be planted two inches below ground. You don't need two inches of soil additionally above the top of the clove, just one inch. I like to create a grid with triangular spacing so the cloves can be planted really close together which means my rows are about two inches apart. You can either create a two inch by two inch grid, or you can offset that spacing into a triangular set just by simply shifting that grid up or down. If geometry is not your strength, just plant the two by two grid. You'll plant the same number of cloves either way, give or take a few. One tip is to not cover any of your cloves until all of them are planted in their locations. This makes sure that you don't accidentally overplant or completely miss a section. Now, if you really want a ton of success, cover everything with compost instead of covering with soil. This will keep you from having to do a heavy fertilizing application later on before harvesting. Additionally, a tip that I like to recommend is to cover everything with a thin layer of small pine chip mulch to prevent weeds from germinating while you wait for the clove shoots to resurface and shade out the competition, which actually takes a little bit of time. I usually like to companion plant with my garden as frequently as possible, which helps avoid the extra step of mulching new seed germinating areas, but it's easier to grow garlic in a dense block like this and simply add the companion plants around the perimeter as needed. It's also easier on the watering requirement because you don't want to overwater garlic. If you are tight on space, grow your garlic in rows close to the edge of your raised planter instead and let garlic leaves drape over the side to get out of the way of other plants. Now, let's talk about watering. If you're in a rainy climate, like the Houston Gulf Coast, zone 8B, 9A, overwatering in addition to natural rainfall can cause oversaturation and root rot, which you cannot come back from. You will lose your crop. This crop was intentionally recommended to be in a raised bed to avoid excess rainfall from damaging that crop. Although occasional deep watering three to four times a week in extreme heat may be necessary, especially as you get closer to harvesting, It is best to test the soil to know when it's actually time to water. Once we enter the cool season and temperatures are under 60 degrees consistently, usually natural rainfall will provide enough supplementation in our area to not require more than a twice-weekly check-in to find out if additional watering is even required. Even then, as temperatures lower further and further and cloudy days increase into that cool season, hand-watering is very unlikely. I know a lot of people that have a programmed irrigation system for their vegetable gardens, but the advantages of hand watering is having more control over each crop when you have a mixed small garden, especially when some plants are going to require a lot more water than others. Now let's assume everything's gone well for you through fall, and now you're entering into spring. Once the last freeze of the season occurs, this should be sometime between mid-February and mid-March, you have the option to fertilize again. I actually prefer to do light fertilizing on all my cool season vegetables with more nitrogen and micronutrients. I don't like to recommend specific fertilizing brands or application rates since those are on the bottles themselves, but I like organic for liquid fertilizers and fish emulsion is a great option for cool season crops in general, and you can apply it in small rates pretty frequently. Just be prepared for a shower afterwards. Depending on how early you're willing to plant garlic, you will need to start checking for the right harvest time. Start checking at the six month mark. The most obvious indication that garlic heads are ready for harvest is that the outer leaves will be brown. At that point, don't waste too much time to harvest. Start by just harvesting the heads with brown leaves. If a head doesn't pull up, give it another week. If you're ready to harvest the entire batch without paying too much attention to who's ready and who's not, you can cut all the tops off the garlic first and dry those separately for garlic chives, then take a shovel and carefully lift up large sections to harvest all of the garlic in bulk. Remove any remaining stem to about a half inch above the top of the head and remove all of the roots. My preferred method for storing any root in Houston is to not store it as if I lived somewhere else in the country. The humidity is high here and it's hot. Root cellars are usually in a cool dry location which is difficult to have in Houston even if you live in a new well sealed home. So I peel all of the garlic I want to eat, process into minced pieces in a food processor, add to my ice cube trays and top those with olive oil or a preferred fat before freezing so that I can reduce all of my exposure to air for each of those small pieces. I love keeping just about 10 heads of garlic from my harvest, especially the ones that look really, really good, because I want to replant again in just a few short months from harvesting. I estimate that these 10 heads should yield between 50 and 100 new heads of garlic the following year if everything goes well. Of course, save more if you want more garlic. You can dry the heads in a mesh bag hanging up in a dark location, as long as it has a lot of good airflow, until you're ready to start the pre sprout process again in just a few months. Thanks so much for learning with me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have become inspired to grow a ton of garlic. I'd love to hear about the varieties you're growing now or planning to grow this year. You can find me on Instagram if you'd like to connect and share your garden stories with me. Also, don't forget Q and A Fridays are on Instagram, and they're your opportunity to ask questions or ask for more information on this episode. You'll also always be able to see what's happening in the garden in real time through Instagram stories. I also would like to invite you to check out my YouTube channel for a visual aid to this episode and many other podcast episodes. For all of this information. Take a look at the podcast bio.